There are two memorable Noahs mentioned in the scriptures, and they couldn't be further apart on the righteousness scale. The original Noah was God's chosen prophet, remembered for his faithfulness and his obedience. I suspect when King Zenoph and his wife had a newborn son, they named him Noah because they hoped he would grow up to be like his Old Testament prophet namesake. King Zenoph even retired early to have his son coronated as the new Nephite king. Such high expectations! Such a disappointing king! This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. We're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we want to welcome you to our podcast today. We picture this wicked King Noah as the vilest of men. And yet, it's interesting, what did the people of Nephi think of their king? Yeah, that that first part of chapter 11, it it almost sounds like a list of Noah's accomplishments. It does. <laughs> because he goes through it and it says that some of the things it talks about are evil. He talks about, you know, having wives and concubines, but some of the things sound kind of good. Like he's building all these buildings. He's building ornate decorations on the temple and building big towers for them to yeah. so they can secure their land and, and building beautiful palaces palaces and and vineyards it's almost like he did all these great things but at the same time the way he's doing it isn't quite right and and what they're doing with their wealth and their riches is wrong too because they're becoming idolatrous and becoming drunk wine bibbers it says and i think he did tax the people one-fifth of all they possessed but when you compare it to the tax the lamanites would later put upon the people it was small as in comparison The Lamanites taxed them 50% of all they had. So even though it was a heavy tax that he put on the people, Noah was their king, and he would do some good things with their taxes. Yeah. We have different opinions about taxes, but I think what happens typically is if a leader is using the tax money for really good things, people don't seem to mind it so much. It's when the taxes are used for just waste. That's when people get upset. And Noah doesn't seem like he totally was wasting their money. He built up the army so that that's right. when he they attacked, a strong army. Yeah, they were ready and they had a really great victory. They drove the Lamanites out and then built towers to protect the cities so the Lamanites couldn't return. Yeah, they could see all around so that they knew if anyone was coming, and that seems like a good thing. They also decorated the temple. I don't, I don't know. We decorate our temples. We spend a lot of money on on temples today, and I don't, I don't complain about that. What bad things did he use the money for? One of the first things he did when he was chosen as king is he fired all of his father's priests. He appointed new priests that would come in and and basically tell him, you're doing great. They had all the wine they could drink. He brought in harlots and provided wives and concubines for all of these men. And we do know that Alma was one of those priests that he appointed. And even if he didn't go along with everything, he condoned what was going on. He wasn't calling repentance to Noah. No, he wasn't. So even though King Noah was a wicked man, he was accepted by the people and they supported the king because they knew he was protecting them and they had great wealth that was coming into their kingdom and the people, as well as the king and his court, became wicked. By today's standards, if we had a leader like that, I think a lot of people would say, hey, he's a, he's a good leader. And a lot of times we say, it doesn't matter what he does in his personal life. If he's a good leader, then we can accept him. But the truth is, 
when these men are wicked in their personal lives, that carries over to their leadership roles also. If we look at all the Old Testament kings, they're all compared to King David. It wasn't necessarily that King David was such a righteous, perfect individual himself. It was that King David motivated the people to do the right thing, to worship the Lord, and he united all the people in that. So Noah was nothing like King David. (laughs) At this point, the people were rebelling against God and doing things that were inappropriate. And God called a special man named Abinadi to go and call these people to repentance. And in doing so, he was not terribly popular. He wasn't popular with the people, and he certainly wasn't popular with King Noah. When Noah found out that he was preaching against him, he said, Who is this Abinadi that he thinks he can (coughs) chastise me? And who is the Lord that he thinks he can call me to repentance? Yeah. Yeah, one of the first things that Abinadi prophesied was about King Noah. He said his life is going to be valued as a garment in a furnace. You think about a garment in a furnace. What value does a garment in a furnace have? I'm not going after it. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, it's worthless. As uh, King Noah heard about the preaching of Abinadi, he had Abinadi arrested and brought in for the very famous trial that we're all familiar with. Yeah. In this podcast, we're not going to go into great depth on that trial, but we'll do that on a future podcast. Mm -hmm. But suffice it to say that this was a kangaroo court. King Noah called his priests and had this trial with no intent of having this be fair. He just wanted to have the appearance of being fair. Yeah. But through it all, Abinadi stood unflinching, He was so brave, and he was able to preach to these men and had no qualms about telling them about the future Savior and about the promises that would come at a future date. Yeah, he he really was inspired and led by the Spirit in all that he did and said. He did such a great job that Noah was almost convinced. After the trial, he had Abinadi thrown back into prison and then brought before him for sentencing, and he was concerned about his final decision. In Mosiah 17.11, it says that King Noah was about to release him, for he feared his word, and he feared that the judgments of God would come upon him. So King Noah heard the things that Abinadi had said and thought, maybe I should let this man go. But it shows a little of the character of King Noah. Yeah. Because when his priests, who were all of these yes men, said, Oh, he has said all of these terrible things against you. You can't let him go. You should put him to death. And rather than stick to his guns, King Noah then said, Okay, let's put him to death. In fact, I think that verse there really summarizes King Noah. I think so too. And as the scriptures say, it's not so much you're hot or cold, it's it's when you're lukewarm. I spew you out. I spew you out. And that's that's what he was. He he was I don't think he was all bad. He wasn't all good. But he was lukewarm and he just was weak. Weak. If I had to have one word to describe King Noah, it was weak. Yeah. He was a coward. He couldn't stand up for the his convictions and do the right thing. He just kind of gave in to temptations and Everything he did showed his weakness. He didn't have any morals. He didn't have any stand. He just weakly gave in to whatever was there. He had concubines and harlots because he was weak to the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. When it came to 
Abinadi. He was weak. He didn't dare stand up and defend Abinadi ever. Yeah. It's interesting that sometime after the trial, the Lamanite armies again invaded Nephite lands. And Noah had the opportunity to again lead his people in fighting off the Lamanites and forcing them out. But what had tragically happened is that Noah had spent his tax money on personal pleasures, had let the army diminish in size, they had no defense against the Lamanites, and King Noah, instead of leading the people in battle, led the people in running away. (laughs) He said... Run for your lives. Run for your lives. Save your own lives. Leave the women and children. Forget your (laughs) wives and children. Let's get out of here. Real hero. Unfortunately, many of the men who were following King Noah listened to what he said and believed that he was telling them the right thing. And so they left their wives and children and ran with King Noah to try to escape the Lamanites. Not long after that, they realized what they had just done. And they looked at this man who was supposedly their noble king, and they said, Noah, what have you done? We've deserted our families. They then decided that this king was not such a noble man after all, and they took King Noah and put him to death. They burned him at a stake just as Abinadi had died. Yeah. And that was the end of this wicked man named Noah. And that's where... He really was like a, a garment in a furnace. He, he suffered death by fire, but his life was also worthless at that point. They just were like, we have no use for you at all. You're you're not a king for us. And his life is basically worthless to us, too. We think about Noah. Yeah. And what value do we put on his life? Did he do anything good? No. None of those things that he did for the people are really they nothing a memorial lasted. to him. They're just... We remember him as being a weak, wicked king. What can we learn about righteous parents? Do they always have righteous children? No. Yeah, Zenith wasn't a bad guy. He was a good king. A righteous man. And Limhi was a righteous was king. Was a righteous king. That's right. And he was the son of King Noah. <laughs> That's it's kind of sandwiched hard between to understand, the two righteous kings was this wicked man. Yeah. It shows you, though. We're not judged by our parents. We're judged by our own deeds. Not judged by our children. Yeah. We'll be judged by what we do. So I think one of the things that we can learn is that we can repent and we can change at any point. And Noah had that opportunity. Noah could have listened to Abinadi and said, you know what? He's right. I need a change. And he could have spared his life. But he was weak and he gave in to the peer pressure around him. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. But there was someone else right there in that same room listening to Abinadi, Alma. He heard that and he said, you're right, I need a change. I'm going to be a better person now. And he became the famous Alma. Turned his life completely around. And not only turned it around, but to show how forgiving our Heavenly Father is, Alma went on to become not just a great priest and a great leader, but to eventually become the high priest over the entire church. Yeah. And beloved both by Heavenly Father and by us as we think about this marvelous man named Alma who repented from his days in King Noah's court and became the Lord's prophet. Thanks for joining us today as we've talked about Noah 
In the next podcast, we'll talk about Abinadi. Until then, enjoy your reading.